This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week getting into discussions with you about the mental side of sports. And looking forward to doing our show today. First of all, I'd like to wish everyone a happy holidays since it's now the beginning of the holiday season. First and foremost, I hope you're staying safe. This is a trying time in our country, in the world, for that matter. And with everything going on, Hopefully, this past week and the weeks to come, you will be staying safe, being smart, doing everything that we're being asked to do in terms of our safety with social distancing, wearing masks, washing your hands, doing all the things everyone's telling us to do, and hopefully you're doing that. Because this scenario is very real. This past week, a lifelong friend I found out had the coronavirus, and fortunately she has survived. She struggled to get through it, but she survived and read a very emotional post she put on uh, Instagram about her experience. So please take care of yourselves, your loved ones and your families, and do the right things. You know, sports is being affected by this. We're hearing multiple times during the day about Games being canceled, athletes and coaches coming down with the virus, scenarios where things are getting postponed. The Baltimore-Pittsburgh football game is now on its third date. Whether it'll be played or not, who knows. Today, the Broncos are playing without a quarterback, which, as a Chiefs fan, that's sort of interesting to hear. But... um, They're starting a wide receiver quarterback because all the three quarterbacks are in the virus protocol. The 49ers have to shut down their facility. Santa Clara, California now is not allowing any activities to go on. They have two home games set up in the next three weeks and they're not allowed to play or practice. This is affecting all of us and hopefully we're going to get to the other side of this as the vaccines are on their way. But I just wanted to say I hope you're staying safe and doing the smart things for your health and your your family's health as well. You know, sports is is such a interesting world. The world of sports is is it's it's fascinating to me because we see things and hear things all the time that are amazing. And I am proud to say I graduated from Vanderbilt University in 1976. We had great basketball teams all four years I was there. Our football team was so-so. One year went to the Peach Bowl. Tied Texas Tech 6-6, six to six, I think it was. Not much of an exciting game. But yesterday, Vanderbilt University made history because they 
had the first female college football player play in a game. Sarah Fuller kicked off for them in the second half. And I think what happened yesterday was tremendous. Now, let's face it. There are differences in the physiques of men and women. And playing in a game like that can be difficult. But she she kicked off. And good for her. I think it's awesome. I know there are people out there who don't believe in that, think it's stupid, but they needed a kicker. She's a star on the soccer team. And she kicked off. Now, this, to- this brings up my topic for today. Fear. Let's face it. And, and I, I don't want to talk about fear in our society as much as fear in sports. I hear all the time from athletes about being scared to fail, being scared to do well, being scared of what everyone's going to say. I'm working with a number of professional athletes. One professional basketball player I started working with this week was talking to me about fear of missing shots of being yanked out of the game when he played in college. He had a coach who told him, if you miss a shot, you're on the bench. Well, as soon as he'd miss a shot, he's on the bench. And I'm sitting there asking myself, what kind of a coach is that? Threatening someone that if you miss, you're, you're out of the game. Well, okay, when you're threatening somebody about missing, what's going in their head? They're going to miss. And lo and behold, they do. What's perfection in sports? Well, right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are perfect. They're 10-0, at least in terms of their record. Will they end up that way? We'll even see if they get to play their next game because it's been postponed twice, rescheduled for a third time. Perfection in sports, perfection in life, what, what is it? I'm not sure I know. I don't think anybody knows. You could say you're being undefeated, you don't lose, but guess what? If you play sports, you're going to fail. If you play a sport, you're going to make a mistake. If you play a sport, you're going to do something wrong. The question, though, is if that starts to happen continually and you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it, it's in your head. And then you develop this tremendous fear of what you can't do. So I want to get into that today. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're an athlete, what are you scared of? I had a a young gymnast in my office yesterday. Yes, I do see clients on Saturdays. And... She has a fear of the flyaway off the, off the bar. She has a fear of, of doing a back handspring. It's something we've talked about and worked on. She's doing better at it. But she's afraid because she's afraid of something going wrong, getting hurt. Makes sense. But if she wants to do that and wants to succeed and wants to elevate her game, she has to overcome that. And she's never been hurt doing either of those events, those routines, those tricks. And she practices in a pit of styrofoam. It's safe. She's not going to get hurt doing it. So it's something that she's working on and trying to change her mindset. So basically, when it comes to sports, there's two types of fear. Failure and success. Failure is easy to discuss. I don't want to screw up. Don't want to make a mistake. Don't want to let people down. But fear of success is very real. And, and I've seen it so many times with so many people. What is fear of success? Well, if you do well 
at something, then your coach or your teammates or your parents are going to say, see, I told you you could do it. Now do it again and do it better the next time. And that becomes a big obstacle for a lot of people. Because then the expectations are, well, gosh, how much better can I be? Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? So I want to get into this today, and I'd love to get some calls here today. I'd love to hear from you. If you are an athlete and you have some fears about your sport performance, about letting people down, about screwing up, about making mistakes, I'd love to hear from you. Why? What is it about? Where did it come from? Where did it start? If you're afraid of doing well because you're afraid that everyone's going to say, see, I told you, now do it, do it better the next time. I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, you know, I always talk about it on this show. If you're a coach, you have to be a psychologist. You've got to understand your athletes. You've got to understand the people you're working with. What do you say to them? How do you handle it? How do you help them get through it? And I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, if you play sports, you're scared to double fault, scared to false start, scared to make a mistake, drop a pass, make it strike out, whatever. Give me a call. Let's talk. Let's get into a discussion about this. Let me help you get through it. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? 
What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sunday mornings is when our show is aired here. It's rebroadcast around the country in a number of cities, and it's podcasted everywhere. Like I said, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. And today's topic is fear. And here's the thing. Fear of success, fear of failure. Do you have either? Do you have both? Some people have both. They're afraid to screw up, or they're afraid to do well, so they get paralyzed, and they, they can't do anything. Sometimes they don't succeed. So if you are an athlete and you have, you have failed because you've been scared that failure overcame you, that fear of failing overcame you, and then you did it. I'd love to hear from you, and how did you overcome it if you did? I'd love to get some calls in here and a conversation with you going on this. If you're a coach, how do you coach your athletes to overcome fear? You know, like I've said many, many times, if you're a really good coach, a great coach, you're going to take the time to get to know your athletes personally. You're going to get to know what motivates them, what paralyzes them, what turns them on, what turns them off. And we all have different fears when it comes to sports. You know, failure is the biggest one because nobody, I, I, I won't say that no one likes to fail. There are people who like to fail because then they get attention because they failed. But most people don't like failing. But that negative mindset gets in your head. I was playing golf a few weeks ago with a, with a friend of mine who's a physician and he's an extremely bright guy. I mean, super smart. Probably, probably Mensa smart. So we're playing, and he said, you know, Andy goes, I, I, I can't, cannot make these short putts. I said, well, why do you say that? He goes, because I just can't make them. I said, what do you mean you can't make them? He goes, well, I miss so many of them. Well, then you don't miss all of them. 
So you say you can't make them, you make some. I mean, the ball eventually goes in the hole because you move on to the next hole. You're not like putting 50 times. And then he sort of looks at me quizzically. He goes, I didn't really think about it that way. I said, well, yeah, obviously. I said, what are you thinking when you stand over the putt? He goes, well, I'm always, I always tell myself I better make this because I better not screw this up. I said, well, gee. Well, then no wonder, guess, self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't want to miss it, so you miss it. And I remember when I played tennis growing up, I was always afraid to come home and tell my dad that I lost because he would ream me about it. What's wrong with you? Why can't you win? You know, we spend money on lessons for you. You practice. You're supposed to be good. And I would sit there and tell my dad, all right, then let's go play and see who wins because I always kicked his butt. He never once beat me. I hated it when he did that to me. Because it's like, you know, that was, that was his way of trying to motivate me, but it didn't work. It was counterproductive. So what, when it comes to fear, how do, you get, how do you motivate someone to overcome it? You sit and talk about it. Ask, as a coach, sit down with that athlete and say, all right, let's talk about what's your biggest fear here? Are you afraid of letting people down? Are you afraid of making mistakes? Are you afraid of what's going to happen? Years ago, I worked with the college basketball team and the point guard on the very first play of the game passed the ball. They had a set play. He passed the ball to one of the forwards who cut the wrong way and the ball went out of bounds. The coach yanked him out of the game, sat him on the bench, did not play him the whole rest of the first half. And I, I sat behind the bench and he kept turning around looking at me like, what's going on? You know, I just said, calm down because it wasn't my job to get involved in that. At halftime, the coaches would meet and then, then they'd meet with me because they asked me to observe what was going on. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Why didn't you put bring so-and-so back in the game? And he looked at me and he said, oh my God, you're right. I never put him back in. I mean, he didn't even realize and the assistant coaches were scared to tell him, which we had to talk about that later. So then that player was angry and ticked off. And to this coach's credit, at halftime, he sat and addressed the team and he apologized. First thing he did was apologize to that young man and said, I made a mistake. I said, Nate, I didn't put you back in the game. That was my fault. You're playing the second half and you're not coming out unless you just totally screw up or you're exhausted. He scored like over 20 points in the second half. And to this coach's credit, he admitted he made a mistake. He said, I'm not afraid. This is one of the great qualities this, young, this man had. He goes, I'm not afraid to say when I've made a mistake. And I think that's, that's part of this whole fear thing is, is being honest with yourself. So failure is part. I don't care what sport you play. I don't care how good you are. You're going to screw up. But the mindset of mental preparation, of visualization, this is where it comes in. So let's say, let's say you're a baseball player and you strike out. You're first at bat. First A-B, go up, swing and miss, three, strike out. Not going to be happy about that. Go sit back on the, on the bench and you've got two choices. One is you can brood about it and be angry about it, get ticked off about it and tell yourself, you suck, I'm awful, I can't do this, which I know a lot of people do. Or you can sit there and say, okay, what happened there? Well, you know what? This guy's got some, some heat and I missed it. So I've got to try and concentrate better the next one. I'm going to really try and make contact. My focus is going to be on just getting that bat through, 
Get the barrel of the bat through and make contact. Focus on execution. Focus on execution, not results. Now, you might strike out again. You might strike out four times. But those other strikeouts, your effort might be better. Because maybe you're overmatched. Maybe the guy's just really good. But how do you learn from that and grow from that? If you beat yourself up and if you have a coach or parents or teammates who beat you up, it's no good. I've got a high school baseball player I work with. And he has a teammate who thinks he's hot stuff. This kid thinks he's, you know, what they call it, the cat's meow. You know, he thinks he's better than everybody else. And maybe he is. But he also lets everybody else know when they screw up how awful they are. But when he screws up, when he, when he screws up, that was bad English. So when he screws up, he doesn't take responsibility for it. So this young man that's working with me says, Doc, I'm, I'm getting so angry at this. I said, well, what does the coach do? He goes, the coach doesn't say anything. And I'm tired of it. So I said, all right, well then, why don't you say something to him? I said, so take him aside at practice one day, because they're friends, not like they, they don't get along. I said, tell him. Why do, you, why do you criticize everybody else? Because it's not helping, because when you do it, they do it again. And what about when you screw up? How about taking responsibility for yourself? He was a little scared to say it, because he didn't want to come across the wrong way, but at the same time, he said to me, you know what? I think it'll be the right thing to do. And he did it, and, and, and this other kid said, nobody's ever told me that before. Really, I'm doing that? He said, yeah, and I think you need to stop. And that helped. The young man still did some of it, but this, this kid called him out on it again and again, eventually stopped. If you're afraid to speak up to a teammate, if you're afraid to, to share what's going on, it doesn't help. So fear becomes this, this paralyzing mindset. And the way to overcome it, it starts with, pre- you know, I, I always talk about PFAC, preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. Preparation's about, hey, get ready. Focus about what you concentrate on. The attitude you have can either be positive, negative, or I call it realistic. And then that affects your confidence. So those are the ways to overcome this. And it starts with, with the preparation and the visualization of success and failure. So once again, I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach or an athlete and you want to comment on this, you have a fear that you're having trouble overcoming. I'd love to hear from you and see if we can help you out. Sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. 
your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio. 810 WHB here in Kansas City. Our shows are rebroadcast around the country in a number of stations and also available on all kinds of social media. Podcasts of my shows are on my website, winnersunlimited.com. They're also on Spotify, Apple Heart, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. And um, in fact, I looked on SoundCloud this past week. In the last year, my podcast has been listened to over 74,000 times on there, which is pretty cool to know something like that. Um, I get emails from people actually all over the world who listen to these shows and want to talk about stuff because, you know, here's the deal. I, I, I've said it many, many times. You can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. So what is a stronger mind? 
It's about taking the time to prepare, to have a game plan, to have a mindset about what you want to do, how you're going to deal with success, failure, winning, losing, all those things. But the biggest thing to me, which I want to get into today, is this whole thing of fear. So fear is something that we all have. We're all fearful of something. And a lot of it is is as we grow and as we develop how we're taught things. And so many athletes that I've worked with in my 40 years of work, there's a theme with so many people who are scared to screw up. And it's oftentimes because they have had a coach, a teammate, a parent, an opponent who tells them they can't do it or they better not screw up or you better not do this. And it's amazing to me when I hear an athlete tell me they'll have a coach tell them, if you screw up, if you miss that shot or you make a mistake, you're on the bench, you're out of the game. So what's that telling them? They're thinking about screwing up. Instead of saying, all right, let's see what you can do to catch that ball. What's what you can do to make contact? Let's see what you can do to sink the putt. What do you have to do to do it? It's a mindset thing. It's like when you're taking a test. When we're in school and you're taking a test and you're afraid of flunking or, you know, so many people say I'm afraid to flunk and then of course they don't. But they're so afraid of screwing up that negative mindset is stuck in their head. Because really this comes down to mindsets. So I'd love to hear if you if you have a fear, if you play sports, if you've played sports and you've been afraid of something before about your game. What was it? Did you overcome it? Why do you think you had it? Are you afraid of losing, of failing, of screwing up? It's pretty normal if you are. Most people want to succeed. Most people want to accomplish their goals. But that overriding fear sticks in a lot of people's heads. Why? Because it's been emphasized and and, and pushed on them as they're younger. You know, I remember my younger son Gregory's first soccer game. He was in kindergarten. And I got to the game. He actually went with some friends because I was at, at a relative's wedding. And got to the game just in time to watch him play. It was co-ed, and I think it was like five on five or something like that. Gregory scored six goals, three for his team and three for the other. And I can still remember, he's now 29 and a half years old, I can still remember the look on his face. Dad, Dad, I scored again, I scored again. I said, you're right, you did. Didn't matter he kicked it in the wrong goal. He was having fun. You know, afterwards, I know the, the coach told me, Gregory, next week we're going to do that, but let's just score in our goal, not the other team's goal. Okay. Had the coach gotten angry at him, and I've seen and I've heard of coaches at kids that age who get angry at them for screwing up, that would have left a negative mindset in his head. He played soccer for a number of years. He ended up quitting because he became a swimmer. But, you know, I didn't say, Gregory, why'd you kick the ball in the other team's net? I said, that's great. He was in kindergarten. Big deal. Fear gets developed, I think, especially with sports when you're younger, when you're told you can't, you're not good enough, you won't, or you better. You better do this, you better do that. Because if you don't do it, you let the team down, you let yourself down, you let me down as the coach. So Blake's going to join in the conversation here in a moment because I know he had a coach somewhere along the way 
that told him he wasn't good enough or he couldn't do it. But I'd like to hear, if you're a coach, how do you teach, coach, help, educate, whatever term you want to use, your athletes to overcome fear? And you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their body language. You can see it how they hold themselves. I've got my own beliefs on this, which we're talking about and I'll share more of. But if you're a coach, how do you do it? And if you're an athlete and you've, had, you've been scared to screw up or you've been scared to do well, why? Where did it come from and did you overcome it? All right, so Blake, you played foot, you played a bunch of sports, but you're you're Mr. Football player. Okay. And I know somewhere along the line in your days as a football player, specifically, you had somebody get angry at you for screwing up. So the question is, did that then sink into your head that you can't or you won't or you shouldn't or you better not? That negativity. It definitely can um, get in your head. I, I don't think there was a specific instance where I myself thought I wasn't good. It was more of sometimes the quicksand effect. You do one thing wrong. You're like, okay. And you do two things wrong. You're like, okay, I've now, I've now done two. I better really try to not do the third. And then the third thing happens. And you're like, oh, no, how can I stop doing, you know, you're focusing almost so much on this. Is why I love, this is why up. I love asking you questions because your answers are awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> I do my best over here. <laughs> but yeah, you kind of get sucked into to trying to, to right the last wrong instead of going forward and just focusing on the task at hand. And that's what ends up that I think that was my biggest thing is if I got caught in that quicksand mode, then I'd get sucked in. Well, see, fear to me does two things or one of two things. It can either motivate you or it can paralyze you. Now, some people who make a mistake or screw up it motivates them to do better and it challenges them to, to push themselves to do better. And then some people who screw up, it paralyzes them and it, it's like throwing you, you throwing this giant wall around you and you can't leave. You, you're sucked in, in the middle of this, 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 this hole and you can't get out of it. But see, that's where to me it starts, first of all, with, with preparation. And if you're a coach and you're, I don't care what the sport is, I think you have to coach failure. You have to coach, if you strike out, how are you gonna handle it? If you drop a ball, how are you gonna handle it? If you double fault, if you false start, if you make a mistake, how are you gonna come back on the next play? How are you gonna move on and not let that snowball? Well, and, and that was the, the thing that I think that they taught the best was my first regime when I got into Austin P. They they had been losing for so long they forgot how to coach success. They were trying to coach non-failure. Okay. But see, when you're coaching non-failure, you're coaching failure because you're exactly. coaching the negativity. Exactly. They, they almost lost sight of how to improve players. They were just so desperately hoping those players wouldn't mess up. And that's a wrong, that's a wrong type of mentality to have as a coach. And that's a wrong type of mentality to impart on a player. But that's also, see, okay, and this, this affects choking. Okay, which we'll get into more in this next next after our break here, but but teams and athletes who choke, why do they do it? Well, they do it because they didn't expect to fail. They expected to win. They expected to be ahead. They expected to succeed, and then the failure happens. Boom! They're behind. They're in a hole, and they haven't been coached how to come out of that. And and then the fear and the and, and the negativity comes on. So to me, one of the greatest things a coach can do is is coach failure coach how to respond when you fail and yes we're in kansas city obviously there's a pretty good football team here who last year won the super bowl by the way in case anybody didn't know and the chiefs i mean what they did they were behind in in both playoff games and the super bowl 
and yet they came back because they were coached to believe, I think I'm not, I'm not part of the organization, I don't know, but my sense is from listening to the players, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, talk about it, the next play, the next play, the next play, the game's not over. I mean, the Patriots won the Super Bowl against the Falcons a few years ago. They were behind 20, I think it was 27, 28 to three at halftime, and they won in overtime because they had that belief. Failure doesn't paralyze them. All right, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach and you have an athlete, your team is failing, they're screwing up, how do you get them out of it? Does fear, the fear of screwing up, making mistakes, become an obstacle or does it become a motivator? If you're an athlete and you make mistakes, you're afraid to let people down, you're afraid to let your friends down, your family down, your coaches down, your teammates down, how do you overcome it? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? 
Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 10 WHB in Kansas City. And today's topic is fear. If you play sports, you're afraid to succeed. You're afraid to fail. How do you handle it? How do you cope with it? You know, I, I think here's the key thing. I, I talked about preparation. If you take the time to prepare to succeed or to fail, if you take the time to do both, you'll have the right mindset when a game goes on. And it's so hard to accept failure. It's just so difficult to do that because nobody, I, I don't, I've never met anyone who really wants to fail or enjoys it. It's no fun. But the problem is this. If you play a sport, it's going to happen. If you play a sport, it will happen several times. And so visualization, mental preparation, which has been talked about by me for years on this show, is such a key component of overcoming that. Because if you take the time to prepare for screwing up as well as doing well and moving on, it's going to help you. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's see what Brad has to say. Brad, good morning, Dr. Jacobs. How are you doing? Good morning, Dr. Jacobs. I just wanted to make a comment about how important the role of the coach is from many kids from five years old to 18 or even through college um, about setting the tone of a positive atmosphere. Um, you, you know, kids follow your lead, whether you're telling them to or not. You know, if you're if you're throwing down your clipboard and cussing every time something goes wrong, kids are going to follow that lead. Or if you're yelling at the umpire or officials, and and then at the end of the game saying we got screwed, that we had a bad call. Well, kids follow that lead. But if you also if you follow um, a, a positive role, kids follow that lead. If you you know go into if you lose and don't have excuses, we lost. And we're going to try to get better. And um, kids follow that. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much that kids look at you and follow your emotions or your um, actions. So when it, com- when it comes to fear, Brad, okay, if you have a coach who's, who's going out there and, and, and basically – scaring kids to not screw up then what's the message that's going in these kids heads and how do they how do they learn to overcome that if at all well if i if i'm shaking when the ground ball's coming at me because i'm afraid i'm going to mess up i'm probably going to screw it up but it, you know if i've taken 50 ground balls and tried to get better and uh, and want the ball hit at me then uh, you know i'm probably going to make the play and that that would go in any sport. If I've if I've shot a hundred free throws every night, I'm probably ready to shoot free throws in a game. I'm probably foaming at the mouth, wanting to get my chance. You know, a couple of years ago at the NCAA championships, when Virginia won, it came down. They're playing. I think it was the I think it was the final game, Texas Tech. 
And Virginia player sank three free throws to win the game. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, of course, this is a team that lost in the opening round the year before to a, you know, the top seed losing to a 16 seed. Yet they overcame that. And I think that, you know, I think things like that motivate. It's like the Chiefs lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City two years ago. And then last year beat Tennessee in the championship game when I won the Super Bowl. I, I think when you lose, if you're coached the right way about how to overcome that, it can really help you advance and grow, but then you, you don't get scared of it again, right? Do you agree with that? Oh, very much so. It prepares you to win, you know, and I don't know if it's that um, desire to be better than the, the guy you just played and just lost to, or if it's... Um, um, I know how to win now. I know what I know how the feeling is to lose, and I don't want to lose. Yeah, I, I, I've never met anyone who really enjoys losing. I know there are some people who do it on purpose because they they, they don't want to move on. But so, as a coach, if you have an athlete, Brad, who is making mistakes, then how do you coach them through it? What 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 do you do? And when's the time to do it? Well, I would say there's two kinds of athletes: athletes that have the skills to do better you know most of the time kids don't have a lot of skills you know there's always those gifted kids that come along but that's those kids you really got to work with i mean you got to you got to work one-on-one with them show them that you care be positive with them um, tell them they can do it and um, um, not take them out after they've missed a free throw or thrown a bad pass. So let me let me or, jump in here. Let me jump in here because something popped in my head there. So let's say you have an athlete who misses a free throw at the end of the game. If they'd made it, the game gets tired or you, 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 you win. All right. Obviously, they're going to be upset they missed it. Do you tell them it's okay you know, that they missed it? Or do you tell them, you know, we're going to, you know, obviously you wanted to make that. I'm, I'm sorry you didn't make it, but you know what? It happens, and we, we're going to work on that in practice, and we're going to get you to learn to deal with the emotions of being at the line with the game on the line, what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on, versus getting angry at them for missing it and throwing a clipboard and stomping off. Oh, oh what a difference you would make in a kid's life if you did the positive thing. So why, so, okay, as, as a coach then, what kind of mindset does a coach has who th- slams the clipboard down and storms off when they're coaching kids? Um, that they, I believe a coach that does that, um, being a sore loser is um, uh, somebody themselves that's scared. Somebody themselves that's, I, I don't mean for their job, but just scared of, what what are the kids going to say? What are the parents going to say? What are my colleagues going to say? And I got to go home and live with this. And I've got to go home to my wife, and she's going to say, "What'd you lose for?" And I, I don't know, doctor. It's um, I just to me the other way is so much better. Well, and see, that's where confidence. You know, I talk about preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. That's where confidence is the foundation of all of it. So, if you're a confident person. Okay, you're gonna have a, you're gonna find a way to overcome that and deal with it and handle it because it's inevitable that it'll happen. You know, I don't care how good you are or how good you you don't think you are, it's gonna happen. So if you have a way to handle that and overcome that and work through it, 
you know, and, and, and it's it's about accepting failure, too. We're going to, fa- you know, if you've lost or failed and you can't accept it, what's that saying about you? It says you don't have a lot of self-confidence. You want to blame everybody else and put the blame on other people. You're not looking in the mirror. And if you don't look in the mirror, you're not going to get better. It's that way with everything in life, though. In business, you, you know, you're not always going to get the deal or you're not always going to be the number one salesperson. Um and you got to accept that. Well, that, that, to me, that's what youth sports and high school sports is setting you up for, is uh, success in life. You know, maybe you have a hard time in your marriage. Well, if you have past experience of being positive in life, man, maybe you can make a positive out of this. You know, maybe we can turn this around. Um, well, you're, you're you're totally hitting it on the head, Brad, and that's that's, you know, I I think that's where it's important to help people understand this and, and, and grow from it and learn from it. Listen, I want to thank you for calling this morning. And I know you've called the show before several mm-hmm. times. You, you had some great, great comments to the show. So thank you so much. Thanks for taking my call, doctor. Okay. Take care. Bye. You know, that, 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 I mean, that was our only call this morning, but couldn't have been any better because what Brad was talking about. And then that was Brad Sweeten, who has called the show before is former athletic director at, Center, Center High School here in Kansas City does a tremendous job with kids. He understands it. If you can learn to deal with the fears you have, accept when you fail or succeed and how to overcome it, you will grow and become much better. I hope you've enjoyed the show this morning. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As I said, our shows are podcasted in a number of places. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, here at Sports, Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Just click on the additional programming and you'll find my show under podcasts. My shows are also podcast on my website, winnersunlimited.com. And if you want to learn about mental preparation, go on my website because I have all these exercises under the store. They're mental, rela- mental relaxation visualization exercises that help you get mentally prepared to play. If you want to reach me, you can get a hold of me at my office, 816 816- Five six one five 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 six. I do FaceTime and Zoom calls with people all over the country. Love to see you. Love to hear from you. Stay well. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. 
Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.